drowning in your sea of forgetfulness. The chains of yesterday surround me. I yearn for peace and rest. I don't want to end up where you found me. And it echoes in my mind. Keeps me awake tonight. I know you've cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. And I stand before you now as, as though I've never sinned. But today I feel like I'm just one mistake away. From you leaving me this way Jesus, can you show me just how far the east is from the west Cause I can't bear to see the man I've been Come rising up in me again In the arms of your mercy I've found rest just how far the east is from the west from one scarred hand to the other Start the day the war begin Endless reminding of my sin but time and time again your truth is drowned out by the storm I'm in Today I feel like I'm just one mistake away From you leaving me this way Jesus can you show me just how far the east is from the west Cause I can't bear to see the man I've been I'm rising up in me again In the arms of your mercy I've found rest Cause you know just how far the east is from the west From one scarred hand to the other I know you've washed me away Turned my darkness into light I need your peace to get me through to get me through this night Can't live out what I feel But by the truth your word reveals I'm not holding on to you But you're holding on to me You're holding on to me Jesus, you know just how far the east is from the west And I don't have to see the man I've been Come rising up in me again In the arms of your mercy I've found rest Cause you know just how far the east is from the west from one scarred hand to the other One scarred hand to the other
far as the east is from the west. And uh, I believe that's in Psalm 103. That's a great scripture and a great, it's a great hope. And I uh, invite you this morning into Psalm 107. I want to speak on the subject of to praise Him in the storm. Speaking of a uh, casting crown song and to praise Him in the storm. The Bible says that. It mentions about praising Jesus in the storm. No matter what you're going through in your life, that you can praise Him. Uh, many of you may remember the Facing the Giants movie. Uh, some of those casting crown songs were in there, but... There was uh, something that the coach said to the football team, if we win, we praise Him. And if we lose, we praise Him. And no matter what you're going through in your life, you're going to have some wins and you're going to have some losses in life. But we've got to be able to praise the Lord in the wins and we've got to be able to praise the Lord in the losses. The times when we really struggle. Can we praise Him... When everything's going great in our life, yeah. It's easy to praise the Lord when everything's going great. Can we still praise Him, though, when everything falls apart? When everything just goes south? When everything goes wrong? Can we still praise Him? You know that your relationship with the Lord is strong when you can praise Him in the storm. When you can praise Him when everything's falling apart. We're going to see that in Scripture this morning, how Scripture bears that out, how that you can praise Him when you lose hope, you can praise Him when you lose heart, and how that you can praise Him whenever you're hurt. And the hurt can come from outside, usually it's circumstances, people, it doesn't matter. Can you praise the Lord in all circumstances, in all situations, And no matter what's going on in your life this morning, can you praise the Lord? Psalms 107, let's all stand for the reading of God's holy word. And what we're going to do this morning is just read 28 and 29. It leads right into some other things. Look at verse 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm, this is great, a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Father, we praise You in the good times. Father, we praise You in the bad times. Father, help us in all things to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, if you still have your Bible open there, look at the next two verses. Because if you can do verse 28, I like to, I love it when God's Word just, it just points like this. It just goes to the next step. And it just points. But you know, verse 28 says, I've got to, I've got to cry out to the Lord when things are falling apart. Verse 29 says, and by the way, of course, the writer of this psalm, in, in my Psalm 107, it doesn't give an author at the front of the psalm here, but so this writer, 
is writing, penning this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, you can praise the Lord in the storm. You can call on Him when things fall apart. You can call on Him when everything's going south in your life. And He'll give you... Hey, listen, there can be a raging storm out here. I don't know about y'all, but out here, you know, this uh, whole north end out here is open. We love to see a storm. As long as the lightning's not coming down, I love to sit outside and watch lightning, especially when it's going sideways up in the air and lightning's flashing. It's dark. And you, you just, it, it's amazing. You can see the handiwork of God. And so, but listen, no matter whether a literal storm is happening sometimes, and there may be somebody here, and nobody in this room knows the storm that you're dealing with right now, but God does. God knows whatever storm may be going on in your life. And that's why he says he makes a calm. This is way before Jesus ever said, peace be still. <laughs> this is way before Jesus ever calmed any storms. And God's saying, I'm the storm calmer and <laughs> get tongue tied. And so he can make that happen in your life. He's the one, as uh, Philippians says, who can give peace that passes all understanding. So if God is in the storm calming business, if God is in the forgiving business, if God is in the business of giving you a brand new start, if you do verse 28 and 29, you, then you get to verse 30. Then are they glad. Why? Because they be quiet. In other words, you have peace. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. In other words, if I'm doing verse 28 and 29, it leads me to verse 30 and 31. It says that He he can bring me home. He can bring me to my haven. In a, you know that song, Sweet Haven of Rest. Sweet Haven of Rest. He's the only one. That haven is in here. That haven is when everything is going wrong in your life. God can bring a peace inside that nobody can take away from you. And then if that happens, don't be quiet about it. It says in that very verse, know that men would praise the Lord. Who are you praising them, Lord, to? Who are you telling? And then it says, for His wonderful works to the children of men. That means tell your cousin about it. <laughs> Armadillo Weekend is all about family. Man, there's so many reunions. There's family reunions. There's class reunions. And, and uh, folks, praise the Lord. If somebody, uh, if somebody says, man, you're just talking about the Lord too much. You're doing it just right. <laughs> you, I mean, if you get in trouble because you talk about the Lord, if, if, and, and I'm not saying just make a pest of yourself, but you know that if you got it on your mind, if you got it on your heart, because if God is working in your life, if God is good to you, it says that we would praise Him for His goodness. Is God good? I said, is God good? Amen. He is. I mean, if you can't say amen to that, He's good. He's good to you. He's good to me. I don't deserve His goodness. You don't deserve His goodness. But He gives it to us anyway. And I thank the Lord for that. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm a saved sinner. I hope you are too. I hope you know Him as your Savior. I hope He's changed your life. I hope you live for Him. And let's look real quick at these three things. 
how that uh, we need to praise Him. We need to praise Him in the storm when we lose hope. First Timothy one one. I'm just going to fly through that one. It just says it identifies where my hope is, the foundation of my hope. Who is my hope? Right off the bat, Timothy, Paul, excuse me, writing to Timothy, says, uh, "Listen, son, I'm called by God, and you know who my hope is." Jesus is my hope. And see, they didn't know His name in the Old Testament. They just knew Messiah, Emmanuel, a Savior's coming. They didn't know His name. And then we knew His name. And Paul said, I know who He is. Jesus is my hope. Now, before this is way back in the Job. It's right before the book of Psalms, but it really should be back in the book of Genesis. Because that's really where this story occurs. It occurs before they had a law. It occurs, and and many of you know the story, but I'm not going to take it for granted. There may be somebody in here who doesn't know the story of Job. If you don't, God lifted His hand. You say, why do bad things happen to good people? We leave that to the Lord. And if you try to, if we say, well, we hold God, God, God gives life and He takes life. And, and we can't, we can't be, we can question him, but we have to realize he's in control. And by I mean, we can question him and say, God, why, what's, what's going on? God's not above you saying that. Job did that. Many people, God, I just, I, you can tell God, I don't understand. And he'll give us peace. He'll guide us. He'll, this was a man who lost everything. All of a sudden he wakes up one day and him, God and Satan, and it's not like they're planning some uh, uh, cosmosis bet or anything. But he's saying, listen, I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. And basically Satan told God, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. Satan told God that. You don't know what you're talking about. I guarantee you, let me at, let me at him and he'll curse you. Let me at him and he'll curse you. And there's two levels of protection that God had on Job. And God lifted both of them. God lifted His hand of protection on His substance, everything He had. Then God lifted His hand of protection on His health. And then Job lost it all. He lost his kids. He lost his 401k. He lost his retirement. He lost his job. He lost uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. And he says he, he, his savings, his home, his cattle, his everything is gone. And then he loses his health. I mean, he's, his health is shot. He has no reason to have any hope at all. And I love this passage here in Job thirteen fifteen. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I love that. I, I don't know what's going on. He said, but when it says slay me, he says, this bad stuff is happening here. But yet will I trust him. Head to uh, Job nineteen fourteen now. Job nineteen fourteen. <clears throat> Job's getting after it, and he's man, he's just struggling. I would too. Job nineteen fourteen says this: My kin folks have failed. <laughs> My close friends have forgotten me. And then verse fifteen says, and then they that dwell in my house, my I've got servants, I, and may and they count me as a stranger. I'm an alien. Verse 16 says, I, I called my servant and he never even answered me. I mean, everybody that I used to could count on, there's, where are they at? 
Where's my friends? Nobody's helping me. Nobody's standing. Sometimes, folks, you've felt that way. You and I have felt all alone. I don't have anybody. And I, I know a, a bunch of people. And, folks, I, it doesn't matter if you got a hundred friends. There'll be a time. There'll be a time in your life. I don't care if you got a hundred gazillion friends. And y'all know that's a big number. There'll be a time when you feel all alone. And that's where it comes down to how's your relationship with God. Look at verse 23. And he says, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, by the way, he didn't know at the time, but they would be. (laughs) All this that happened to Job would be written down to give us hope, to give us strength. In verse 24, Oh, that they were graven with an iron pen. Verse 25, and Job shouts out, this is in, even in the book of Genesis, which is where Job lived. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and He shall stand at that latter day. Folks, that, that it was very vague. I mean, Job had no copy of any, any of the Word of God. He had zero. The law of Moses, nothing. Only thing passed down was oral tradition at this time. Oral history, teaching this. And Job had confidence that there's going to be a resurrection one day. Not only is my Redeemer going to live, but I'm going to live. Not only is my Redeemer going to be raised, be raised up, but He says, I'm going to be raised up. Verse 26. Notice this is pretty cool. Look at verse 26. For though after my skin worms destroy this body, if I were to break that down, that's pretty gross. I mean, that's talking about maggots there. <laughs> That's talking about a, a a body decomposing. That's talking about that's gross stuff right there. He's saying I'm in the dirt and I'm rottening and and earthworms are coming along eating on me. He says, guess what? I'm gonna be raised up one day. That's why he says, yet in my flesh I will see God. What did he say there? He's saying there's gonna be a resurrection. There's going to be a resurrection. Because what does he say? This body dies, but I'm going to get a new one. I don't understand. And you know what? He could literally say that. We've got 66 books to look at. He had not a... All he had was the Holy Spirit of God working in his heart. Saying, giving him confidence enough to say that. And then he says, verse 27, Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold... And not another, though my reins be consumed within me. So when we lose hope, if anybody had a reason to lose hope, it was Job. Now let's look whenever we lose heart. Now, in the King James Bible, many times it mentions, uh, it says the words, faint not. Faint not. Well, the, the way we would say it today, now that's a, it, that meant the same thing whenever the King James writers translate it. It means don't lose heart. Don't give up. Now, the place I'm headed to, if you have your bulletin, you know where I'm headed, is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse 1. Now, I've put up here, I wanted to show you, I love the way the ESV says it. So I put up both for you to look at on the screen, no matter what 
you're holding in your hands, whichever version. But just look at this. It says here, therefore, seeing as we have this ministry, and this ministry literally means here uh, a work to do. I've got a work to do. And the ESV says, therefore, we have this ministry by the mercy of God. We, what? Do not lose heart. Folks, God had a work for the church at Corinth to do. We, we have received mercy. We've had this. We've got a job to do. Folks, I, hey, does promised land have a job to do? We do. Are there, are there lost people in Ashley County? Yeah, they are. We've got a job to do. There's only, there's, I don't know, last census was taken, 26,000 people in Ashley County, something like that. You know, I may be off a thousand or two, but whatever. That's a lot of people. I wonder how many of those are in church this morning. And then I'm not talking about those that are out of church for, you know, just missing. But how many of those need the Lord? How many of those need Jesus? We have a job to do. And it says we don't even, we've gotten saved. We've received mercy. Therefore, don't lose heart. Don't faint not. Don't give up. That's what it's saying here. So if I feel like, and be honest with me. There are, how many people in this room right now, you've lost heart before. You've said, I've, I, you know, you may get your feelings hurt. Do you know what they said to me? Do you know what they said to me? I am not going back to church forever. Because, I mean, basically it's saying, I, I care more about what people say to me than what the Lord says to me. You know, we, we lose heart. We give a, I mean, think about it. What could happen this morning? What could happen this morning that would cause you to say, that's it. I am not serving the Lord ever again. Some people say, well, me and the Lord, we have an understanding. And I love Him, He loves me, but church, I don't need church. You know why they don't need church? Because somebody said something. They walked into church with their feelings on their shoulders and said, ah, somebody knocked my feelings off. That's it, my feelings have been hurt. I've had enough. Basically, you've... You've lost heart. You give up. I'm not... I give up. And, And what it's saying is that me and the Lord have an understanding, we have an agreement... But you, in order to say you're not going to church anymore means I'm not going to serve Him anymore, which says, well, me and Lord, you know how many verses there are that says to serve Him through the church or go to church or talk about church? And all a church is, is, and somebody said, somebody said to me one time, I was trying to encourage them, come out to promised land. Well, preacher, I know who goes out to your church. I know who goes out to your church. I said, I don't know if you know this, but my goal has been for uh, 10 years to get every low-down, rotten sinner in church at Promised Land. And that's why they're there. Y'all get it? Okay, so that's what I want. I want everybody that's flawed, everybody that's messed up, everybody that's got a horrible story. If your life is messed up, I want you here. If your life is messed up and said, well, I don't like the way they live. I don't like the way they talk. They make mistakes. We all do. 
And we, if you start looking sideways and say, oh, they're horrible. Oh, they're horrible. Where do they need to be? In church. They need Jesus. But if we get caught up in comparing games, we'll just drive yourself nuts. The only comparison that needs to happen is comparing what God, what do you want me to do? What do you, how do you want me to serve you? It's easy if you get your eyes off the ball. If you lose that verse, we have a ministry. What does that mean? A job to do. And if you forget, by the mercy of God, you're here. By the grace of God, we're here. We could lose heart. We could, what? What does lose heart mean? We could give up. And it says the same thing. He's saying the same stuff. Just keep going. Look at verse, same chapter. Drop down to verse 16. It says this. For the which cause, now I did it the same thing, I split this. For the which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, in other words, yeah, preacher, I, I mess up. I sin. Outward man perish means, preacher, I've made some doozies. And God's saying, if you'll give me a chance. That's all God's saying. For the which cause we don't give up. We don't lose heart. Because why? Even though I've messed up, even though I've made mistakes, even though I've got sin in my life, I still, my inner self is renewed day by day. That's verse 16. And then it says in verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, which means you think you have it rough, don't worry, it's... Have y'all ever noticed whenever y'all go through a storm? What's that song? Great song. When the storm passes by. That's scriptural. What does it say right there? Our light affliction is what? How long? For a moment. The storm will pass. It works in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen. Verse 18 that, that's where, hey, everybody's looking around saying, Preacher, I know who goes to your church. You're looking sideways. Don't be looking at the things that are seen. I can name every sinner in your church. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Come on. We're all messed up. We all need a Savior. We all need the Lord. We all need forgiveness. But I don't need to compare myself with you. I'll drive myself nuts. I just need to compare myself to this. This is the only mirror you need to be looking at. How about this right here? And then it says, oh, remember there were no chapters and verses when the Bible was written. If you just keep going to chapter 5, verse 1, it says, this is the why. Why? Why should you not give up? Why should you hang in there? Man, I got nine minutes. This is awesome. Okay, I got plenty of time to preach. And look at, look at verse one. For we know that if our earthly house, that means 
your body that has aches and pains in it right now. Every If you feeling it this morning, I got sunburned. If it looks like I'm red in the face, it's not because I'm preaching hard. It's because I was out all day yesterday. Okay? This tabernacle were dissolved. Guess what? Why should you be excited this morning? We have a building of God, a house. What? Not made with hands. That's why I don't need to give up. That's why I don't need to... My life... And, and, and that's what it goes to. And we're fixing to get in there. My identity shouldn't be, well, how much money do you have? What kind of phone do you have? What kind of car do you drive? How, what is your yearly income? What is, uh, I haven't sinned as much as you've sinned. Your identity is not in your mistakes. Your identity is not in your failure. Your identity, if you're saved this morning, is in Jesus. That's where your identity is. Amen? That's what you're, that's who you are. If you're a saved, born again child of God, your identity is not in your faults. Your identity is in Jesus. That's who you are. You can stand up. If you know Him, the Bible says in John 1 that you have the right, authority to call yourself a child of God. A child of the King. Why? Because I'm bought with a price. His blood. But hey, if you don't have Jesus, then your identity is in your flesh and that's all you've got. There's no hope. So don't lose heart. Praise Him in the storm. When we lose hope, when we lose heart, and when we're hurt, hurt by circumstances or people, we can still have hope because of Him. Did you know that He is bigger? (laughs) Praise the Lord for this. Jesus is bigger than any problem you've got. He's bigger than any mistake that you've made. He's bigger than any sin that you and you and have you ever sinned and you said and you did something and you just kick yourself. Why did I do that? But he's bigger than any sin and any problem. <laughs> Matter of fact. Jeremiah, who wrote the book of Lamentations, which we're headed there, if you want to head there, Jeremiah, um, excuse me, Lamentations 3. Jeremiah's world was falling apart around him. <laughs> and we're going into Babylonian captivity and it's not going to be for 70 days or two years, three years, four years, a dozen years. It's going to be for more than a generation. His whole world was falling apart. And this morning, you may have tons of stuff going wrong. This morning, you may have a storm raging in your life. And if you do, let me give you some hopeful words. These are powerful. In Lamentations 3, verse 18... He says, notice this, because he, I, love, I love it because he uses the word hope. This is pretty cool. In Jeremiah 3.18, it says this. <clears throat> My strength, 
and my hope is perished from the Lord. You know what that means? Remember, the soldiers is coming. His nation is being destroyed. The women are being raped. The young men are being sold into slavery. Families were being murdered. That's what the Babylonians did when they came in. They were not, they were beasts. Ravaged the land. Tore it to shreds. And then he says, remembering mine affliction, verse 19, my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind. Look here. Therefore have I hope. I love verse 22. Verse 22, you talking about leap off the page and jump up and shout. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Wait a second. He's singing, praising God, and what is the title for my sermon? Praise Him in the... Praise Him in the... Storm, that's right. If you and he, he's definitely in a storm. All his kinfolks are being killed. The land is being swept away. And he's saying, therefore I have hope. I have great hope. Great is thy faithfulness. God, you're on your throne. And then it says what? It says in verse 24. Why could he do that? Why could Jeremiah do what I just read? Because it says, the Lord is my portion. May I ask you a question? What is your portion? When you run out of hope, what do you have left? The Lord is my portion. Can you say that this morning? The Lord is my portion. You see that? That's why he could say that. The Lord is my portion. And if the Lord's not your portion, if the Lord's not the most important thing in your life, you will lose heart, you will lose hope. And when you're hurt, you won't run to the Lord. You'll run away. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. Well, back up to 24. The Lord is my portion, therefore will I hope in Him. Hey, there's that word hope again. The Lord is good to them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, as we bow before You, we praise You for Your hope. We praise You for Your mercy. We praise You for an opportunity to praise You in the storm, whether things are good or bad. You are our hope. You are our strength. You, I pray, are our Savior. May we call upon You this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen.